everyone. Welcome back to Who's There. I'm your host, Allison. If you're new here, thank you for joining us. This is a podcast where I talk to a new horror fan every week because I hope to destigmatize what it means to be a horror movie fan. Because most of us are just regular people who like the adrenaline rush of being scared for some reason, and here we delve into those reasons. I'm thrilled because this week we have one of the hosts and the founder of the podcast Dads from the Crypt on the show, Jason Stein. We talked about the movie that got him into horror, the horror movie he saw on his first date with his now wife, and how he's going about introducing his kids to horror. He also revealed how he came up with the idea for the podcast Dads from the Crypt and what his favorite Tales from the Crypt episode is. I should also add that there's a St. Maud spoiler around the 24 minute mark. One last thing before we get into this episode, if you love the show and haven't left us a review on iTunes yet, I'd be so grateful if you could take a second to rate and review it on Apple Podcasts and subscribe to our feed wherever you listen to us. Thank you to everyone who's already left us a review. It's so appreciated as it really helps people find us. I think that's it. So let's get into this episode with Jason Stein. Hey, Jason, how are you? Good. How are you doing? I'm good. Thank you for being here. Oh, my pleasure. Um, so excited to get to talk to you a little bit. Um, tell everyone a little bit about yourself to start. Okay, my name is Jason. I'm the host of the Tales from the Crypt podcast, Dads from the Crypt, along with uh, my co-host Jody and Mondo. And um, we are relatively new. We're, we started uh, around Father's Day of this year. Yeah, because we've got some really big interviews coming up that uh, we can talk about if you're a Tales from the Crypt fan. Yes, definitely. Definitely later, I'm going to ask you some questions about okay. about your podcast. I'll save that for them. But for now, I'm a father. I'm a podcaster. Uh, Tales from the Crypt. Let's let's get the show on the road. Awesome. Uh, so why don't you tell me first things first? What's your favorite scary movie? Right. So I listened to some of your podcasts just to get an idea for the question. So I had this, and this is such a hard question for fans. It's like, how do you choose one? How do you choose one of your children? um everyone has a favorite child though that's what i'm told by parents no no uh, um i mean if i had to if if push came to shove i would have to see the exorcist um it's the only it's the movie that every time i watch it it just disturbs me and it just creeps me out and it's not even really that much like it's not structured structured like a horror movie it's really like a procedural a crime drama with this kind of supernatural but like if you wanted to you could make it be kind of a not supernatural, like you could take it so many ways. And the documentary Leap of Faith is just so amazing about it. And to me, it's really a story of faith. And, you know, uh, yeah, it just hits me on so many levels. And um, actually, I saw the theater once, oh. like right around Halloween. And um, it's in, it was, of course, it was in theater number six. So I'm already like on edge. And then within like a minute, literally a minute of it starting, the projector breaks. And we're like, oh, this is this is going to go weird. So we're all kind of milling around. They give us some free popcorn. And there's an older gentleman standing there with kind of a goatee. And someone comes up to him and says, hey, are you Michael Gross? And he's like, well, yes, I am. So we all got to sit around and be told tales of family ties and tremors while we wait for the projector to be fixed. Oh, that's so fun yeah did you get any good stories out of him um i it was a couple of years ago i don't quite remember but i've ran to him a couple of times at conventions and stuff and he definitely remembers that night and um yeah really nice guy awesome are you excited to get back to conventions yes actually um the big convention i live in los angeles the big convention here is monster palooza <laughs> and it's um held so there's two of them there's monster palooza and son of monster palooza 
And I live in Pasadena specifically. And I used to live within like walking distance of the Pasadena Convention Center. Oh, wow. And like when my kids were really little, I'd take them for these long walks in the stroller and I would just walk by the convention center because there's always something interesting. And usually they just let me walk in. They don't even ask for a ticket because who's going to stop a guy with a stroller? <laughs> so I took them to like a tattoo festival, tattoo and piercing festival. Oh, wow. I just walked around. Um, and then another time I saw a big sign that says Supernatural Festival. I'm like, okay, spooky stuff. Turns out it was the show Supernatural. Oh, okay. <laughs> which I, I'd never really seen before, but I was, I was mildly amused. But anyway, so yeah, the Monster Palooza is huge in uh, California. And uh, Son of Monster Palooza is kind of the, the smaller version. And that's happening in Burbank in October. I just bought my tickets for one of the days. And yeah, I'm just really, really excited. That's cool. Um, I have never been to any kind of a horror convention or horror film festival. So I'm like looking for ones near New York City that I can go to. There's one in December in New York City, which is a random time to have a horror movie festival. Yeah. But yeah. And actually, so what happened, part of it, actually part of what started my podcast is, um, so we had this convention that, that I would go to twice a year. And I got, I wouldn't say bored, but got a little monotonous. So I wanted to like kind of figure out something to do there to kind of make it a little more interesting. So I listened to the Bloody Good Horror podcast a lot. That's kind of my go-to. And they have bumpers between the segments where they say, hi, I'm so-and-so and you're from so whatever and you're listening to Bloody Good Horror. But they always use the same ones, but it sounded like they got them from a convention or some other event. So I reached out to Eric, the host, and said, hey, I go to these conventions all the time. Would you be interested if I went and went up to random celebrities and asked them if they would do, read this line. He's like, oh yeah, sure. So that's, that was kind of my first taste of the podcast life, was just going around to celebrities. And I wasn't even going to pay them, um, you know, if they were willing to do it for free and just say, hey, do you want to read this? And they're like, most of them didn't know what the podcast was back then. So they're like, yeah, sure. So I got like Judith O'Day from Dawn of the Dead. And um, I can't remember her name, the woman in Little Nell from Rocky Horror. Yeah. That's so cool. That's very cool. Yeah. Yeah. It was just a fun kind of in real life kind of game to play while I was there. Yeah. That, that's something I would definitely be into because I have no problem going up to like famous people and asking them for photos, whatever. So. It took a little, I had to get my gumption up a little bit. I had to psych <laughs> myself up. Like, I, like Kane, I still haven't gone to Kane Harder. I'm just too intimidated, to be honest. <laughs> oh, you'll get there. Um, so, how did you first fall in love with the horror genre? So again, this is another question that I know you ask a lot. So I was thinking, been thinking about this all day. So I think it's kind of three phases. The first, um, you know, I was a little kid and they used to play all the universal horror movies and the Godzilla movies on Sunday morning. Um, I used to watch those probably with my dad um, or he was watching them. I watched them with him. And I remember I would get upset when the monsters died. Like I remember definitely Godzilla. Like I'm like, he's just, he's just doing his thing. Why are they killing him? I, I would get all upset as a kid. And then, you know, I grew up in the, uh, I was a little, I was born in 81. So throughout the 80s, you know, the slasher boom and Freddy Krueger was all over the place. Like you couldn't get away from him on TV, in the mall. His image was everywhere. It scared the crap out of me. Nightmares. So I want nothing to do with it. <laughs> and then I remember one night I was, I think it was winter break and I had like this old little black and white TV and I watched Aliens and the remake of The Blob. And both of them, again, scared the crap out of me. But I know I liked it, but I was, but I, I was, I still wasn't willing to dip my toe in. And then um, 
fast forward to 97 and i was real big into like sci-fi and stuff which is kind of horror adjacent yeah and then scream came out and scream was flipping everywhere um and i avoided it until the hype just got too big i was like okay fine and it was at this point it was already like in the cheap theater so i went i saw it and i was just like so blown away and then i went and saw it either a couple nights later and i did that thing where you stay in the theater for two showings oh wow so i knew all my friends worked at the theater so they didn't care so i saw it <laughs> twice in a row so it's the only time i've seen the movie like three times in one week in the theater wow and after that i pretty much made a list of like every movie they referenced and said okay i gotta watch them all <laughs> and just kind of snowballed from there oh that's very cool i think i think scream is also it's one of the first horror movies i remember watching like sitting down to watch so that's always a very special one to me as mm-hmm. well um but i did not get to see it in theaters because i would not have been allowed in <laughs> <laughs> luckily by the time scream 3 came out i was allowed i snuck in because i was 14 by then hey do what uh, you gotta do yeah <laughs> But after that, yeah, I started watching like the Freddy Kruegers and all that. I'm like, this isn't scary. This is funny. This is fun. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so you said before that you went to a tattoo convention. Um, do you have any horror movie tattoos? No, I, I love the artistry in tattoos, but I just haven't been to the point where I want to commit to having it on my body permanently. Yeah. I love them. I love seeing them, but I just I have I just haven't got that far. Maybe if I get to like a thousand followers or viewers like that i'll get a dash the crypt tattoo we'll see awesome well you heard it here first you can't you can't <laughs> back out on it now you okay if he gets 1000 reviews on itunes he will get okay. a dad's yeah. from the crypt tattoo there you go yep it's official <laughs> um so why do you think that people who seem perfectly sane love the horror genre oh i mean i think people like to people like the experience of being scared in a safe situation um that, i think that's part of it psychologically it's kind of preparing yourself it's kind of training for you know traumatic events because we all go through some trauma at some point in our life so i think it's a way of kind of experiencing that trauma at, at, at arm's length distance in the safe scenario um some of them are just really really well made um you know they're art it's art really Mm-hmm. I mean, I think any kind of cin- cinema uh, is really art and some are just, you know, of a higher level that can be appreciated, like, you know, Hereditary, those kind of movies, Ari Aster, it's just, you know, it's just marvelous to look at the details and everything. Oh, yeah. It's beautiful. So, I mean, I think people appreciate it for different reasons. Some people just, you know, like to see some blood and gore and that's fine too. Um, yeah, I think every- everyone can appreciate to some level. Definitely. What's your favorite subgenre in horror? Hmm, that's a tough one. Um, I don't know. I kind of like to skim the top of each one. Like a little, there. Like I like some slashers, but not all. I like some creature features, but not all. Like I can watch Tremors, you know, nonstop. <laughs> uh, I can watch Sleepaway Camp. <laughs> um, you know, I, I don't know. I can't. I'm looking over at my collection to see if I can pick out. Um, one but i don't know i guess it's probably a really good slasher you know um just really hits that 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 sweet spot but you know it can be anything really yeah so slasher is like your comfort horror i was thinking about again i was also thinking about this because some other um podcasts talk about comfort horror horror and it's more just the vibe of the movie 
Mm-hmm. So like, you know, I'll take the blob remake, sleepaway camp, tremors, um, Freddy's dead, you know, so there's something about light, fun, <laughs> at least considered to me, just, I don't know, just hits that sweet spot. Yeah. Uh, our mutual friend Jody is, he's still trying to get me to watch sleepaway camp too. I'm still mad at him for suggesting sleepaway camp one. Uh, it's, because... It was very different. It's a very, it's a much lighter tone. Yes. But yes. Yeah, sleep- <laughs> First of all, Felissa Rose is awesome. Yeah. She yeah. on social media and everything. She's a hoot. And I've met her a couple of times um, in real life at conventions. And then one time I went to a screening at the Beverly Theater, which is owned by Tarantino. Oh, cool. They do, they do a lot of midnight screenings. So they did a midnight screening for Sleepaway Camp. I've never seen it on the big screens. Like, you know what? I'm going to go make a pilgrimage and go. But I, was, I couldn't find anyone that wanted to go see this movie at midnight <laughs> with me. <laughs> so I went by myself. You know, I'm staying in line. I'm making kind of friends with some people there, and um, there was the lo- it was really hard to get seats and concessions at the same time. So I told these people, you know, if you get seats, I'll get I'll go get, get concessions. So they got seats. I got concessions, and I'm sitting, and I found them, and we're just kind of sitting together. And there's an empty seat next to me that says reserved. I'm like, okay, that's weird. So like right before the movie starts, Felicia Rose comes in and sits huh. next to me. And the guy who plays Ricky is behind her. And they're, I think they were drinking or something beforehand. And they were just kind of talking throughout the entire movie. And anyone else, I'd be pissed at for talking through a movie. But like, yeah, you can't, you can't be mad about that. Oh, that's so cool. Did you talk to her at all? Um, a little bit. Um, not that much there. They did the, that blue, the Screen Factory Blu-ray, Blu-ray release of sleepaway camp they did a, a meet and greet and a signing and everything and i brought the blu-ray that i bought and also brought my dvd and turns out my sister-in-law name is felissa and we've never been able to find another felissa so i oh, got cool. her to sign a copy for my sister-in-law who hates horror movies <laughs> i felt this was too special not to send her an autograph oh that's so nice um who would you say are your favorite horror directors um i mean right now you know ari aster i just i really want to see what he's gonna do next he's just oh yeah two amazing movies right out of the gate that like still are just haunting um wes craven and john carpenter all their early stuff is just so great um and hitchcock you know i'm a huge psycho fan um that's just a perfect movie to me every shot every line of dialogue is just so good so well planned everything just works yeah awesome yeah i'm really i'm really interested to see what ari aster comes out with next mm-hmm. I, maybe he went through another breakup during the pandemic i don't know <laughs> i hope not that poor guy <laughs> <sighs> ari aster if you're listening i'll date you you're cute um if i so... wasn't married i'd date him so <laughs> <laughs> so as you said before you're a father um, mm-hmm. Are you planning to introduce your kids to horror movies or do they like horror? Have you tried already? Tell me about that. Yeah, so I have three kids. Um, I have twin seven-year-olds mm. and they're definitely too young, but we're starting to get them a little bit like, like they've seen the artwork and stuff and they see like, I have my NECA figures. Um, so they're starting to get awareness. We watch Star Wars, uh, the whole, we've gone through the entire uh, series, the whole entire saga. So <laughs> like that's, like a very beginnings because you know the aliens and stuff yeah um so kind of easing them in and then for my older child i've been kind of like sprinkling stuff over the last couple years 
and you got to know your kid really to um, do that and know kind of and try to figure out what their limit is. I mean, you don't want to push their limit, but I thought he was really into sci-fi like I was. So I thought he would like, this is last summer. We tried to watch the thing and he's fine with it until the dog scene. And that was I, too much. I, I get it. Yeah. And afterwards I'm like, yeah, I really, I should have thought of that. I didn't think that one through that, that all the way through. And he like, afterwards he said, can we just stop? And I'm like, okay, that's fine. I totally respect that. Um, well, I feel like what else did we watch last summer? Watched a, we watched a couple of things leading up to that. I think we watched Psycho last summer. It's a couple of things I can't remember off the top of my head, but this summer we kind of want to try a little bit more. So we watched Scream and we watched um, Nightmare on Elm Street and we watched Halloween. So I'm starting them off like, yeah, you have to watch those in order to watch Scream or else it's gonna, it's not gonna really hit. Yeah. What did um, you think? He loved it. He really, really loved okay. it. He loved Scream. He said that. I asked him what his favorite one was. He said it was Scream. And he watched um, Freaky, that we watched that. Oh, like, okay. Right yeah. Um, which he's a very literal kid. I think a lot of kids are, are like that. I like to think he's very literally. So, that, and Freaky is kind of a tongue in cheek kind of vibe. Yeah. So, um, it was a little hard for him to comprehend. Also, you know, I think back to when I was a kid, I remember thinking, well, there's like 10 of these. Friday the 13th movies how is he still alive like you know what what is this plot or how does he keep coming back and like like now we're like oh it's just whatever they want to make more money so they just slapped another movie together but as a kid you're like how is this possible <laughs> definitely and it's your seven-year-olds they haven't seen anything yet no no we're we're definitely not they're definitely not ready for that kind of thing no um, what about nightmare before christmas um, yeah, I think we might do that this this uh, this season. <laughs> yeah, that's always that's always a good one. Tim Burton is pretty. Yeah, they have a very active imagination as it is. So <laughs> yeah, but we had um because of pandemic, we went, actually went really in on on Halloween this year. Oh, cool! So we, my wife made this amazing, uh, huge pumpkin shaped pinata, like by <laughs> completely oh, wow. like on our own. Yeah, so we did that, and we like did a bunch of stuff on our own um she made like these brain jello molds and like she put um water into a glove like a, a, a whatchamacallit the medical glove and you freeze it and then you put it in like a juice so it looks like there's a hand floating around oh cool yeah so she did a really cool thing and i mean i, I live not too far from where the original michael myers house is so oh, wow <laughs> i made a pilgrimage down there just to go take some pictures that was really cool Oh, very cool. How was the pandemic in California? Um, it's, yeah, I, I don't know how to compare it to anywhere else. <laughs> um, I mean, I, I, before pandemic, I was working from home three days a week anyways. And now I'm like working from home full time. And, you know, they keep pushing back our return date. I don't think it's going to be anytime soon. But I mean, it was, I think every parent will say it was really, really tough last year, you know, having to, um, homeschool our kids like more or less homeschool our kids yeah. um and work and just try to keep our sanity and you know my son has some special needs so we had to like have extra stuff on top of that and he did summer school to try to catch up I mean I think we're really blessed that we have two kids um twins that um can be each other's friends yeah. so I know I know parents with only one child and you know that child I feel bad for those parents especially that kid because they got no one else unless they like form a pod or something but at least when you have twins they have each other 
So on that note, an article came out last year that said that horror movie fans were handling lockdown better than non-horror movie fans. Why do you think that was the case? I think we just kind of run through the scenario <laughs> a lot easier. Um, and I, I don't know. I don't know if our minds are just like ready to talk, think about the worst that we've considered it. Like we've all fantasized, like if the zombie apocalypse did happen, what, what, what weapon would you choose? Like <laughs> my wife is a bit of a prepper. So she has like a whole go bag prepared at all times. Again, you live in California. You gotta be prepared for, you know, the big earthquake or whatever or fires that can happen. So my wife likes to prep for those kind of things and more power to her. Definitely. Is your wife a horror movie fan? No, not at all. Like she, she will not watch like, she won't watch like Law and Order because of those scenes in the beginning <laughs> where someone like winds up murdered or something like that. Um, it's funny because when our first date, um, like our second date, I wanted to take her to go see Let the Right One In. And it just came out, and again, uh, and all I read about really was this is when Twilight was big. So I read that it's kind of like Twilight, kind of like Twilight, as in it's like children vampires, but better <laughs> and a little more serious. But that is kind of underselling it. Yeah. <laughs> so that's like the one and only horror movie I've taken her to see, and I, I don't know how she got through it, but I think it was just that for you know when you're early in the relationship and you're trying to you know really impress somebody. Yeah. Oh, that's funny. <laughs> uh, so this is one of the hardest questions that I ask people because it's one of the hard hardest questions for myself to answer. But how do you decide what horror movie to watch when you're looking for something to watch? Oh, that's a good question. Um, it kind of depends on what's what's new, what's out. Again, with streaming, it's like we have so many options. It's literally anything, anywhere. Um, so it kind of depends, like, so if like a podcast I follow, um, like say the horror queers or psychoanalysis or blanket horror, if one of those are covering a movie that I haven't seen, you know, that's a good motivation to watch that. So I can like follow along. Um, or again, I go back to those comfort movies that I was talking about, Tales from the Crypt Demon Nights, um, Sleepaway Camp, you know, The Blob. Those are kind of my touchstone. Like, you know, I can watch those any day of the week. Yeah. Definitely. Um, are there any horror movies that you won't watch or that you won't ever watch again? Oh, that's a good, that's a good question. Um, definitely Martyrs is probably when people bring up that kind of question, that's definitely the best made movie that I never want to see again. That's what I hear. I want to watch it once. I haven't seen it before, but I hear it's a really well-made movie. It's definitely worth watching that one time. Yeah. Um, kind of like Campbell Holocaust where, you know, if you can find the edited the version without the animal, Stuff. I did not know that existed, but I'll yeah. have to look for that. Yeah, I know. I know there's they made edits. To okay. Cut, so, so that way, they, so that way they could um, sell it or show it. So they made edits to it. I mean, and this there's still so, quite a bit of gore. It's not like the funnest movie ever. It's worth. <laughs> it's definitely. But I think it's actually a good, there's a good movie in there if you can get through all that. Um, the one movie I really haven't seen is, uh, and I don't know. People debate whether it's a horror movie or not. Is Serbian film. But that's just so much sexual violence that I just I don't want to deal with it. Yeah, it sounds pretty terrible. I remember Jody like copied and paste pasted and sent me a little snippet of one of the scenes, and I was like, "I'm out. I'm never yeah. watching this." I've, I've read pretty much everything that happens, and like, okay, I don't, I get it. I I don't need to watch it. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, but it's it's available to rent on Fandango. I think so. That's where one of my friends found it. 
Um, I, don't, so, I don't think it should not be available, but I just, you know, that should be your choice. Yeah. 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 It is. It is very hard to find though. You can't, it took my friend forever to find it. Oh, really? So, um, and when I asked Jody and our other friends where he could find it, they're like, nope, just tell him no. He doesn't want to. And I was like, well, um, so besides when you got to sit next to Felissa Rose, have you ever had any noteworthy experiences maybe recently seeing a movie, seeing a horror movie in theaters? I actually haven't seen, I haven't seen the horror movie since before pandemic. <laughs> um, so I don't really have any. Well, in the last five years. Yeah. Well, I was going to say the last horror movie I saw in the theaters was actually, I saw a sneak preview of St. Maude. Oh, cool. Uh, before lockdown. And then they decided to pull it, you know, for that year. Yeah. So I couldn't talk to anyone about it. <laughs> oh. I mean, that's a really good, like, that's a really good movie to talk to people about because there's so many ways to interpret that movie. So yeah. I was just kind of been sitting on my thumbs this whole time. How, how do you interpret that movie? Spoiler alert, if anyone hasn't seen it yet. Um, I did, I did watch it a couple of months ago. I was kind of bored, but maybe you can make me see it in a way that I did not see it before. Cause right. yeah. So, okay. Just so you know, my dog walked in and he's coughing a little bit. So oh, that's okay. That up. You can edit that out. Um, so I, I take it as someone with schizophrenia. Okay. Huh. Um, who thinks they're having a religious experience and think they're hearing voices and everything and they're really just having a mental illness that they're that's not being treated okay. um, the film's very obtuse about what exactly happened um, happens to her before the movie kind of starts yeah um, but I think it's probably a post-traumatic stress mixed with uh, schizophrenia situation okay that's interesting um, I had not thought of that um, and then what about the end? Is the ending actually happening? Is she actually lighting herself on fire or? Yeah, I think so. I mean, okay. cause that's the very last shot is that like almost a jump scare of her. Cause it's, yeah. cause it's, cause it's moving, like it's showing you her perspective where she, she thinks she's transcending into this angelic form and, you know, um, is being a beacon of light to all the people is that's kind of what's in her head. Yeah. But in reality, she just lit herself on fire and she's, you know, immolating herself. Ugh. Yeah. I really enjoyed the last scene, but otherwise I was kind of like, I was like, this is very slow. When is something going to happen? Yeah. It's definitely one of those things where the first time I watched it, yeah, I'm just kind of sitting in the theater, kind of trying to figure out what's happening and everything. And then the second time I see it, you kind of know what you're in for. So it's a little more enjoyable. All right, cool. Maybe I need to go back and watch it for a second time. Yeah. Kind of like Hereditary. It's like that first time I watched it, you're just like pins and needles trying to figure out what's, <laughs> what the hell's going on. Now, but the second time, once you know, the pace picks up a lot because mm -hmm. you kind of know, okay, this is this scene, that's this scene, this is kind of what's going to happen. But you always pick up on more and more backgrounds. Yeah, I I feel like I need another rewatch of Hereditary. I own it, but um, mm -hmm. yeah, I think I've only watched it three times since I saw it in theaters. But that mm -hmm. was an experience seeing that in theaters. Mm -hmm. That was oh. I'm so glad to be back in theaters seeing horror movies with other people, even though they're not packed yet, but you know, yeah. what can you do? Um, so you are one of the co-hosts of the podcast Dads from the Crypt, where you and a few other dads, including our friend Jody, um, you guys talk about Tales from the Crypt. So tell me, why did you decide to focus on Tales from the Crypt? So that's something that kind of, it's been kind of germinating in the back of my head for quite a while, like... About 10 years ago, um, I was living up in Portland and, you know, I was single, I was working, you know, and I 
I started everyone kind of the thing before podcast was blogging everyone had a horror blog so I had a blog it was called Jason Takes Portland huh. and um I was kind of trying to figure out what to do with it really and I thought it'd be cool to watch and review <clears throat> all the Tales from the Crypt episodes it's kind of this idea I had and um it never really I never really got around to it I moved to California I got engaged had all my kids um and you know that kind of like puts things off but then I've, I've had some ideas especially you know once working with the bloody good horror crew and everything and then of course pandemic hit and um i started doing my horror trivia with jody and all the other uh bloody good horror people on slack shout out to them and you know it's a great community to be part of if you uh, want to join and i think you I, recently joined too didn't you i just recently joined so i was like i want more horror movie friends mm -hmm. there you go <laughs> if i can get more horror movie friends yeah and that was like one of our major, my major anchors that got me through pandemic was having that one night to just kind of like be with people, shoot the shit and like, you know, get your, get your connection in. Yeah. So that's kind of how I got to meet really, I, that's the first time like I got to see or really interact with like Jody and Mondo and all the other people there. And I just really was drawn to Jody and Jody's dedication to the horror trivia and the Mondo was just a great guy that we had a lot of fun with. And I knew me and him connected on a lot of things. And, that, and that's, then that was just one of the things that kind of got me through pandemic. And of course, you know, as pandemic goes on, you like start to want to like pick up new things. So I thought, you know, maybe I should start a podcast. And I talked to a couple of different friends, bounced around a lot of ideas. And the Tales from the Crypt thing kind of popped back up in my head. And I couldn't write, find the right combination of people that were like, were, were into it enough. And then our friend Caitlin, um, also from Slack, she started a podcast called Plug It Up, which um, and I'm hoping I'm, I say this right. It talks about the monstrous menstruation trope in, uh, in, in horror movies. And she started that with the help of people from Blood Good Horror. And I was thinking, you know, look all this uh, support she got, you know, this maybe this is what I would need to, you know, do my own thing. So I created a PowerPoint presentation about a Tales from the Crypt podcast. And it's, if people think it's a joke, it's not a joke. I really created a, a PowerPoint presentation on, on all my ideas about this. And I messaged uh, Mondo and Jody and said, hey, I've got this idea. I've got this uh, PowerPoint. If you want to see, are you interested? And they were both like, sure. And then they told, and then, you know, I did the whole, I did the whole presentation. This just, it's just how my brain works, you know, my professional brain. Um, and they were just blown away by it. And they said, you know, you had us at Tales from the Crypt. You didn't really need to do a whole presentation, but it was cool anyways. Um, and then we um, got help from some people at Bloody Good Horror. Eric Noel, you know, the host, did uh, help produce our trailer. We got a cameo from John Kassir, um saying, you know, what, what, hello, kitties, welcome to Dads from the Crypt. I don't know, you can even play it if you want. Um, and, you know, we just put it together and it's just kind of come together. Uh, so was Tales from the Crypt always a favorite show of yours? So... I wasn't, I never had HBO. I never even really had cable. So I didn't see a ton of horror movies. But growing up as a kid, like a middle schoolish, I was kind of aware. And then um, I went to stay up late to watch SNL on Saturdays. And Fox on network TV started airing heavily edited episodes of Tales from the Crypt later on Saturdays before SNL. They try to get people in that little, that little time block. So I started watching those and it scared the crap out of me. <laughs> I loved it, but I, I literally would sleep with the lights on after some episodes. Uh, I remember watching it as well. I don't really remember anything specifically about me, about it, but mm -hmm. um, I remember the Crypt Keeper being so creepy. Uh, mm -hmm. Do you have a favorite episode? 
Um, I now confession, I haven't seen every single episode, so that's probably why I'm excited to do the podcast. Mm-hmm. Uh, the ones I've seen, um, there's an episode called Yellow, and it's a double episode basically, it's twice as long as the regular one, and it stars Dan Aykroyd, Kirk, and Kirk Douglas, and um, Lance Henriksen. It's a World War II kind of fable. It's just actually really epic compared to most Tales of Crypt episodes. Usually Tales of Crypt is like, you know, two or three characters and some sort of morality thing. This is like a big like war um, episode. And just oh. it's, it's very epic and it's very big. That's why I really enjoy that one. Oh, wow. Where where uh, online or on any streaming platforms can you see, can you watch old episodes of Tales from the Crypt? Do you know? That, that's actually a great question because right now you can't, <laughs> at least not legally. That's so uh, weird. Why yeah, so I've done a lot of research into this. This is something that actually part. This is another reason why I want to I want to do this podcast because the all the Tales of Crypt episode Tales of the Crypt episodes are are based off of the EC comics. So EC owns the rights to the stories. The Crypt Keeper, at least as far as the puppet in that image goes, is owned by Warner Brothers. Hmm. And at least for the as of now, they have no degree on the rights. So it's actually locked away in the vault and like you can't even watch on HBO Max. You couldn't watch on HBO Go like before HBO Max. And um, yeah, you can't you can't stream anywhere. You can like buy the DVDs on eBay. I don't think, I don't know if you can legally buy the DVDs. Like there's bootlegs out there. There's like resellers, but they're all, it's only on DVD. There's no Blu-ray. There's no HD transfers or anything you can watch. Like you can't go to iTunes, you can't go to um, Amazon or Google and watch these episodes. It's just, it's a real shame. The only, so yeah, there you pretty much have two options. You can go the download, the legal route downloading, or people are posting them on YouTube. And because the rights are so messed up that they don't take them down, at least not, not very quickly. Oh, okay. Well, that's, that's good to know. You can't find the episodes on YouTube. I'm not endorsing that nor denying that. Um, <laughs> And that, but you know, it's sad because it's just a whole generation of kids don't know. I've never heard of this. They don't know. They have no conscious awareness. Where like for us, it was like Michael Myers, Freddy Krueger, Jason Voorhees, and the tell and then the Crypt Keeper were like all up there. Yeah. Um, and I'm hoping that the show brings awareness and that we can like you know we can prove as a horror community that this is something that we want. Uh, so, you know, if we can prove that we want this, they'll make it happen. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Um, I I remember watching on some nights I would watch Tales from the Crypt and then on Saturday nights I would always watch um, Are You Afraid of the Dark on Nickelodeon because that was my favorite show growing up. Um, mm-hmm. That I think I on Vudu you can buy the entire series of Are You Afraid of the Dark for like super cheap. So if you're looking for something to get your kids started on, highly would recommend that. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, do you have any uh, fun future guests that are coming on your show that you want to talk about? Well, yes, we do, actually. <laughs> so like, one of the podcast ideas I had actually was very similar to what you're doing of, you know, interviewing, you know, horror personalities. Um, and I never really got off the ground. But it's an idea I had. But I always knew that, you know, in this age of social media, anyone can send an email, you know, to anybody. And, you know, if you find the right person and you word it correctly and get the right circumstance, that you know, you can get someone's attention. <laughs> so one of the things I definitely want to do with this series, with this podcast, is to get some really big interviews. 
And lo and behold, you know, right off the bat, we got John Kassir, the voice of the Crypt Keeper. And he actually has an event um, that is happening. By the time this episode comes out, already passed. So um, sorry, I couldn't give any more promotional to it. <laughs> but um, he has an event coming up, a Q&A kind of thing online. And I was able to Google him and find out who his talent agent was. And I, I drafted a very professional sounding email and said, hey, John, we know John has this event coming up. We'd like to come on our podcast, talk about his time as the Crypt Keeper and promote his events. And they're like, yeah, sure. I was like, seriously? That's it? That's all it took? And you're like, yeah, how's Thursday? I'm like, seriously? <laughs> Two days? And I was like, I was so, so nervous. Jody was on with me and we were both like, we both had butterflies. I wrote like 30 interview questions. I watched a bunch of interviews that he's done. I, you know, got all the information I could. And John is, John is amazing. He, um, he's a comedian, he was a street performer, so he likes to entertain. So really, out of the 30 questions, I only really got to like five of them, because he just talks and talks and oh, talks, wow. so entertaining. <laughs> he talked about his time on Star Search and his comedy routines, he did this whole thing about like Wizard of Oz in two minutes, and he played like, he, he just did this whole thing all by himself, like doing five different roles, kind of talking to each other back and forth. Mm. And I was, we were just cracking up, it was amazing. And, you know, he was talking about, you know, he had a bunch of stuff going on. So originally his manager told us we had like 30 to 40 minutes. He's like, can we keep it to 30? I've got, you know, stuff going on. I'm like, yeah, sure. You know, just having you on is an honor as it is. Um, but he just kept going and we did like 50 minutes without breaking a sweat. And um, it was, it was true. If somebody would have told me I would have started a podcast for Tales from the Crypt and got John Kassir interviewed, like before we even had like our fourth episode done, <laughs> I wouldn't have believed it it's it's crazy huh, and then, yeah. um I, I took it kind of the next level and i signed up for an imdb pro account and got you know, even more um agent information for some other people and um tomorrow actually we're interviewing uh william sadler who um starred in tales of the crypt demon knights he was you know death from bill and ted bogus adventure and bill and ted face the music and he was in shawshank redemption and he was in vfw he's been a ton of things and again, it's just like, the James like, yeah, sure. And here's 30 <laughs> to 40 minutes of this person's time. I'm like, oh, it's amazing. So again, I'm doing all this prep and everything. And that's why it's so interesting, you know, being interviewed as I'm prepping to interview someone else. It's, it's kind of a different mode. I'm like, wanting to, I'm wanting to ask you all the same question. <laughs> um, um, that's awesome. Um, who are some of your dream guests to have on? Oh, man. Um, that's a great question. I mean, John Kassir was always the dream. That was like the pinnacle. And just to start off of there is like, is is kind of amazing. So um, I would love to have Billy Zane. I just think that his performance, have you seen Demon Knight? I have not, no. So we are doing a kind of a Demon Knight special like week, pretty much, where we're going to do a special episode on that. So I highly encourage you to uh, check it out. It's a really fun kind of creature, demonic. It's a lot of really cool practical effects. It's Billy Zane is just amazing. He's just, it's such a big performance. Okay, cool. It's a really fun movie. You should check it out. I will. And we're again, we're interviewing the star, we're interviewing the writers as well who wrote the movie. Oh, cool. Um, Billy Zane, I can't really think that, that much further past it, but I know like aren't, but the, the cool thing about Chelsea Crypt is there's been so many people who have had their hands in there. Yeah. Like Arnold Schwarzenegger directed an episode, um, Tom Hanks directed an episode. <laughs> 
so there's so many huge people that I can't even fathom um, who to talk to. But I mean, yeah, and uh, William Souther also like he started the very first episode. So again, we're just really hitting out of the park with that. Oh, well, that's awesome, and I can't wait to see where you take it in the future. Yeah, we're definitely yeah. I've definitely got we have a lot of plans and stuff we want to do. Um, you know, some. I like, I'm a big, I like to dream big. And then I, <laughs> then I present my dreams to Mondo and uh, Jody. And I'm like, okay, rein me in if I'm going too far on this. You can never go too far. Mm, I don't know. <laughs> my wife would say differently, but. <laughs> <laughs> well, with your podcast, you just got to put it out there in the universe. So, mm -hmm. yeah. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, uh, I would love to do like some stuff at conventions, have other a table or I'd love to do like, I'd love to do a Q&A with John Kassir in front of an audience, that kind of thing. That'd be, that would be really cool. Oh yeah, that would, that would be awesome. Maybe that will happen one day. Maybe. <laughs> um, so what has your favorite horror movie of 2021 been so far? Uh, hold on, let me put my phone on silence, sorry. That's okay. 2021, um, I was trying to think what's come out this year um i love psycho gorman it's just it's just have you seen that i haven't seen that it's not really i don't think it's my type of movie it's like a horror comedy like silly and stuff like yeah, that it's really silly if, yeah. if you want to watch something that's just really <laughs> silly and just random and just turn your brain off and just roll with it that's the movie um it's just, it's just there's just so many lines in there that just kind of stuck the acting is terrible no offense to the actors but it's not good <laughs> The effects are really good, cool though. There's some really cool like paper mache kind of effects if you're into that yeah. kind of thing. That's just kind of really it's the sweet spot for me. Um, I just finished the Fear Street trilogy. Have you watched those yet? Yes, I've watched all three. Yeah, I just I like I watched one. I'm like, okay, I've got to watch the other ones. Immediately. Yeah, <laughs> I, I didn't really know what I was getting myself into, and I just I was really impressed. Yeah, what was your favorite part? Ooh, I didn't love the second one as much as the first and the third okay um, i like the first one a lot because it's just 90s nostalgia it just gets yeah. me every time it, part of i guess the needle drops went a little overboard but i'd rather have too many than too little i guess the what needle drops like they dropped them they dropped in like a 90s nostalgia song oh okay yeah yeah um i don't know i thought the characters were actually really really well done you really cared about them yeah and, I think the first one, just because I didn't know what this really was, I didn't realize they were going to be all three connected. I thought it was going to be like, okay, this is going to be like a Scream style slasher. And then this one's going to be kind of a camp horror movie. Then 66 would be like some sort of gothic thing. I didn't realize how interconnected and interwoven they would all be. So I think that first one, just kind of figuring things out with the characters. Um, I really enjoyed that. Yeah. Um, they were so much fun to watch. I never read the Fear Street books growing up. I only read Goosebumps. Um, but I hear that these are not really based on the books all that much. They kind of mention some things or right. like the, the skeleton, the killer is from the books, but. Yeah, not. yeah, I think all the killers they showed are all like from the books and they just kind of like brought them into this like shared universe. Oh, okay. Yeah, that makes sense. Which is again, um, really smart. Yeah, that's really smart. Um, My favorite part was 1978, so. Mm -hmm. uh, because I really loved Sadie Sink a lot I don't yeah. know and I'm not like I don't really like Friday the 13th so it was really weird that I loved the camp the camp one the best but it was I it was more fast-paced than like Friday any of the Friday the 13th movies that I've seen and I yeah. have not seen all of them but 
Yeah. I, uh, I don't love Friday the 13th. I'll be honest. As a, as a big horror fan, I love the Jason image and the kills are fun, but as a movie, they're just kind of slapped together. Yeah. 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 And you know, I don't want to like piss off a bunch of people. That's what you like. That's <laughs> like, but I don't know. They don't, I don't really feel cohesive um, story being told. And I think one of the reasons why I like, as, as far as the big three goes, I always prefer Nightmare on Elm Street because those usually take place over like a week or something so every time a character dies there's a chance to like grieve and acknowledge and you know for the characters to grow and show some sort of emotional depth yeah for friday 13th they barely have a chance to realize what's happening before they're all dead (laughs) yeah that's that's a really good point but i did like the friday the 13th remake in 2009 i think because it was more fast-paced again yeah a little bit more i mean again if you just want kills then yeah that's your thing (laughs) go for it yeah um it wasn't great. It's like early 2000s horror, which wasn't usually good, but yeah. yeah. Um, so on the flip side, what horror movie are you most looking forward to in the rest of 2021? Um, I mean, Halloween Kills is coming out. That's just, I love the 2018 one so much. It yeah, was just, it was great. It was <laughs> such a great way to bring it all back. Um, and the Candyman, I'm really excited to see what they do with that. It actually looks really scary. Like, I haven't been scared by a movie in a while. And that looks that looks actually pretty frightening. Um, and then was it the Green Knight? Is that I think that comes out this weekend? And I don't yeah. know if that's horror or what you want to call it, but that looks very cool, very interesting to me. Um, I know Antlers is coming out this year, which is about Wendigos. Hmm. So which is kind of unique. Yeah, I did see the trailer for that. Yeah. Um so are there any horror movies that you love that people generally don't like or do you hold any unpopular horror movie opinions well we talked about friday 13th so i think <laughs> we uh, covered that one and also another movie that i think is kind of again this is my personal opinion nothing not not, not shitting on anyone else's movies is return of the living dead I, I find it really boring yeah i i agree i watched it recently and i was so bored <laughs> No, again, the zombies are the zombie effects are really cool. The punk characters are really cool, but nothing really happens for so long in that movie. Yeah. Now I do like I like the second one, but only really for nostalgic purposes. That's like the second one was one of the first zombie movies I ever saw. It was just like on late at night. I was just flipping channels and I just caught it. Mm -hmm. And just just I have a lot of nostalgia for it. But I will admit, even when I watch it now, I'm like, this movie is really kind of stupid. (laughs) Uh, But again, it's just that's just my my thing um another movie i really like i mentioned uh freddy's dead the sixth halloween movie <laughs> not halloween uh friday nightmare on elm street movie um i really like that movie i think it's just fun why 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 do you like it um well i, I think when i first after watching scream you know i decided to want to get into the the big uh trilogies or that's mm-hmm. the big franchises and i think it was before it was after new nightmare came out but i knew that wasn't like part of the, the same continuity in a way so I decided, you know what, I'm going to watch the first Friday movie, or gosh, the first Nightmare movie, <laughs> and the last Nightmare movie. That way I'll know exactly, I'll, I'll know where it starts and how it ends. Obviously, we know that, you know, the middle ones have, are so disjointed, <laughs> it doesn't really matter. Yeah. But, you know, in my head, that's how it works. So I watched the first uh, Nightmare on Elm Street, which is an amazing, amazing movie. And then I watched Freddy's Dead, and something about the nostalgia, I don't know, just kind of like watching those two kind of back to back. And I know people say, yeah, he's not scary. He's all playful. I thought it was fun. There's a lot of great cameos. I love Yafit Koto, who's one of my favorite actors. Really sad that he passed away, I think it was this year. Time is, you know, 
out yeah. the window a little bit. What is time? <laughs> yeah, um, I think um, Nightmare on Elm Street is the only 80s horror movie that I saw that I thought was entertaining. I'm not usually a fan of 80s horror. So send your hate tweets to me, everyone. <laughs> um, I guess Halloween was 78, so you missed the cutoff there. I didn't think Halloween was scary either, but I watched it right before I saw Halloween 2018. Mm-hmm. So I had already seen so much by then that I was like, why? This, nothing's happening. A couple the kids middle, die and that's it. Yeah, the middle of Halloween. I love Halloween, but the, yeah, I'll agree. The middle where it's just kind of the babysitters doing babysitter stuff is a little <laughs> slow. But the opening is so good. And then the last like 15 minutes when stuff like really starts happening is just so delicious. Mm. Um, if you could remake or reboot one horror movie, which one would it be? Ooh, that's a really good one. So my theory is I, I don't mind remakes. As I, I, well, I'll put it this way. I think you should only remake bad movies. That's what's valid. Yeah. What's the point in remaking a good movie? never remake scream they should never remake the first scream yeah like there was a a article recently that like universal contacted uh steven spielberg about remaking jaws i'm like why what what is the point of that you're never going to reach the magic that you got with that um and of course they're not doing remakes they're doing the continuation kind of like clearing the slate um so what's a really bad horror movie let's go with return living dead okay let's remake that i that actually sounds like a terrible idea <laughs> i guess that one people have too much nostalgia for what's a movie that everyone hated um uh, i don't know i recently watched the amityville horror remake from 2005 yeah. i hated it but apparently everyone likes that one better than the original which the original's not great it's kind of boring but yeah. the 2005 one if ryan reynolds wasn't shirtless the entire time i would have turned it off mm-hmm. did you read about the new exorcist trilogy no, I never found The Exorcist scary. I watched that last sure. year for the first time and I was like, I was like, I don't get it. So cool. not my thing, well, but what is, well, what about it? Tell me, tell so me, maybe it'll team, pique my interest. Yeah, so the team behind the Halloween 2018 is doing a, oh, okay. a trilogy of movies. A trilogy of movies sounds a little um, ambitious. Yeah, but one would be good. Let's start yeah. with one. Yeah, but it's this team that did Halloween. So if they can pull out that magic again, they could do something. But again, that's where I'm like, oh, if it was anyone else, I'd be like, this is a bad idea, but I'll give them a shot. Yeah. Oh, I will definitely watch that. Yeah. Are there any any other horror movies that you would remake? Um, What would I remake? I'm trying to go through my head and... It's hard to think of the bad movies because they're so forgettable. Yeah. <laughs> um, no, uh, again, I can't think of one specific right now, but something not good. Are you Okay, here's one. Here's one. Halloween 3, The Season of the Witch. All right. Yeah, I, I haven't seen that, but I hear everyone say that it's like not like the other Halloween movies. Yeah. So basically they throw out, so Halloween was originally intended to be like a anthology kind of thing where every Halloween they would come out with another movie that was kind of its own story. But again, everyone wanted the slasher boom to continue. So they, they, they were mad there was no Michael Myers, but they came up with this weird movie with Tom Atkins as this like womanizing alcoholic who uncovers a plot by a mask making company to murder all the children with killer masks. Yes. 
it, it turns their heads into mush and the snakes and spiders and pretty much every phobia you can think of i hate snakes so much um i would love to see a modern remake of that movie i would love to see how some i'm sure they'd like use their cell phones or something like that to like murder people but oh, that's an yeah, interesting that's, answer nobody has said that yet so that that's good excellent some someday i will finally see that movie because i am interested to see because i know that it's about the masks and stuff mm -hmm. but um yeah <laughs> it's fun it's actually pretty fun on its own merits it's pretty fun yeah <laughs> so my last question is if you had to spend quarantine with one horror villain who would it be i mean i'll just go with the crib keeper it's the obvious answer <laughs> for me but that guy's hilarious always down for a good time i i want to party with the crib keeper Awesome. I think who doesn't? So, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, awesome. Thank you so much for being here. Do you want to tell everyone where they can find you and dads from the crypt online? Yeah. Um, our Twitter handle is at crypt dads, which is completely unintentional. I originally put in at dads from the crypt and it's like, this is too long. You must shorten it. And this is what they suggested. Those at crypt dads. So <laughs> I just rolled with it. So uh, we're on Twitter at crypt dads. On Instagram, at Dads in the Crypt. We have a Facebook page just for funsies. Um, you can uh, find us on Spotify. You can find us on iTunes, pretty much everywhere. Um, we would love it if you could uh, give us a rating and a review on iTunes because, you know, we got to feed the algorithms. <laughs> and um, again, I just really I appreciate everyone that listens to it. It's It just blows my mind that, like, we set our uh, episodes to release at, like, 5 a.m. Uh, West Coast time. And I wake up on Sunday mornings. I wake up Sunday morning and like 10 people have listened to it immediately. Like right <laughs> off the bat, I'm like, who are these people? I love you so much. So um, the fact that people are spending, you know, an hour of their time listening to me and two other guys just jabber on. And, you know, the, the whole idea of the podcast was, you know, obviously to talk about Tales from the Crypt, but also just be good dads and just, you know, be positive role models and, you know, just put some positivity and some positive dad energy out there <laughs> and you know we're not like rah rah dads go men we're like you know anyone who's a parent figure anyone who um you know is a mentor you know hats off to you especially this year it's just been you know we need it more now than ever yeah oh that's awesome well that's a great note to end on so thank you so much for being here i will see you in the bloody good hard slack channel soon excellent thank you so much for having me that's it for this week's episode of Who's There. I hope you enjoyed my conversation with Jason Stein and thanks again to Jason for coming on. I'll leave links to his socials and where you can find Jason and Dad from the Crypt online. Again, we'd really appreciate it if you could leave us a review on Apple Podcasts and you can follow us on Twitter at Who's There Pod. We're on Instagram at Who's There Podcast. Or if you have any questions, comments, concerns, horror movie recommendations, or you'd like to be a guest on the show, shoot us an email at hello at whostherepodcast.com. Until next time, stay scary and get vaccinated.